is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we will give to you there. In fact, you can create the content of the site. And all you have to do to, to uh, participate in that is by submitting things to it. So if you find something online that you think is interesting, you can just uh, submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. You type in a short description, put in the URL, select some categories or a category, and then it'll show up on our upcoming stories page on the site, which allows other listeners who are using the site to vote on your story. And you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up, make it to the front page in the top of the site. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. And don't forget to click the upcoming stories page to see the latest of what's been submitted to the site and vote on what's fresh. And that's really important. Once again, freetalklive.com is where you can get interactive. With you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. All right. So, of course, we'll talk to you about anything that you want, uh, but also on the table, we've got a number of different uh, news stories uh, to talk about. And uh, actually, I think of an email here as well. Uh, But we'll start out with the story that both you and I happen to have, because normally we just come into the studio and whatever it is we have, we talk about. uh, And you and I have the same story tonight. And that is an update on the Pussy Riot trial, which has been going on over the past couple weeks in Russia. And for those of you that are unaware... Basically, the three members of the Russian punk band had gone into a cathedral, into the uh, the head church, basically, in Russia, the head Christian church, the Orthodox Christian church, and had performed a song. And as I understand it, they actually did not have their instruments with them. Uh, so basically, they went in and sang uh, My in question protest. is, who owns that church? Is I it the, believe it is the church. The vet- Okay. It's a Catholic church, so is it the Vatican? Uh, no, it should be an Orthodox Christian church, okay. not Catholic. Oh, okay. Orthodox. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, and so they – basically they they were protesting Putin in the church of – it's kind of like – it's not really the state church, like not officially, mm-hmm. but it might as well be. Right. Uh, because look at the way the state has responded to this, to young ladies going into a church – Singing a protest song, that's all they did. They didn't destroy the church. They didn't, you know, hurt anybody in the process. And now they've been sentenced to two years in prison. And you've got the story from the Associated Press. Yep. Uh, I guess it just goes over what you've already said. Uh, Says, protesters from Moscow to New York and musicians, including Madonna and Paul McCartney, condemned the prosecution of the three women, members of the band called Pussy Riot. Several countries, including the U.S. and even some Kremlin loyalists, decried the verdict. Oh, isn't that nice? The United States has decried this verdict. But I don't think the United States has decried the verdict of our friend Adamo Freeman, who was put in jail for 90 days uh, because he recorded a phone call or two or three and now has years hanging over his head, years of prison time hanging over his head as a suspended sentence for the next five years of his life. The United States federal government's not going to decry that one, nor are they going to decry all the other just uh, travesties of uh, justice that they engage in on a regular basis. But, you know, we'll give them credit for this one. Yeah, I wonder what they mean when they just say that countries have decried the verdict. Like, who are they talking? Which... They mean the government. Some sort of official uh, representative, some spokesman has said something about it on on the record whoever the the national governance p- 
PR people are, Basically. they decide how they're going to come down on an issue. Yeah, or, you know, the president or whoever might actually speak on it as well. There's that possibility. Judge Marina Sarova ruled Friday that the band members had committed hooliganism driven by religious hatred. She rejected the women's arguments that they were protesting the Russian Orthodox Church's support for Putin and didn't intend to offend religious believers. And as far as I know, this was a punk prayer for, uh, to which they called on the Virgin Mary to save Russia from Putin. So it's not that they were uh, they were saying anything bad about the Virgin Mary. They were... Uh, praying to her. Well, I mean, they're definitely poking fun, I think, to some extent at both religion and the state uh, in this whole process. But regardless, uh, you've got a place that's public. It's Mm -hmm. a church. Most churches are not private membership organizations, although you can certainly join them. Uh, They are open to the public. They want you to come in their doors. They want to invite in, you know, the unwashed masses, so to speak. They want people to who feel like they have a problem in their lives, some sort of issue to come in. I mean, you know, you grew up in a in a church family, did you not? Well, it wasn't a church family, but I I went to church when I was younger really? on my own volition, actually. Oh wow! So your mm-hmm. parents did not uh, put you in church? Nope, never forced to go to church. That's that's a little bit different, a little unusual. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, anybody can walk into the church, anybody can sit down in a pew, anybody can put money in the plate, and so in theory, that would mean that if you've got an open business like that. Uh, or an open church, then any crazy person could come in off the street and just start ranting, right? Mm-hmm. Like some crazy bum who's homeless and or drunk could, uh, or, you know, both uh, come in there and just start talking trash and could start, in you know, insulting people in the church, could do who knows what, mm-hmm. could urinate on uh, something. I mean, so whenever you've got an open door like that, you never know what member of the public's going to come in there and what sort of crazy thing they're going to do. In this case, it was a protest song. But would it have been different if it had just been some crazy bum? If some crazy old homeless wino had come into the church and just started singing drunken uh, drunken songs uh, up near the front of the pews, I mean, what would the big deal have been? Would, would he have been charged with hooliganism? I doubt it, because unless he has a ton of supporters, it probably wouldn't have mattered that much to Putin or the state or any yeah. of them. Well, they would have just taken him, whoever would, you know, whoever was on duty at the church, the ushers, you know, they would have come out of wherever they are and they would have taken this man and they would have, you know, shuffled him away. In the same way, these these ladies are not big bruisers. I mean, if, if you've seen the pictures of Pussy Riot, they're, you know, kind of regular sized ladies, maybe mm-hmm. even smaller than regular sized. And uh, so it's not like, you know, they're hulking uh, Big Bertha coming in there trying to, you know, prevent themselves from being removed. Uh, It it doesn't seem like it would be too difficult to physically remove them from your your location and tell them, okay, you can't come back here. Here's a no trespass order. And if you come back, then you'll be guilty of trespassing. Then you'll be arrested. Uh, They absolutely are being targeted here because of their political message. Right. And they're not the only ones who've been arrested from all this. Uh, When the sentence was announced, shouts of, quote, down with the police state rose from the crowd of hundreds of Pussy Riot supporters outside the courtroom. More than 50 people were detained, including former world chess champion Gary Gasparov. I don't know how to say uh, pronounce Russian names. Uh, He's who apparently said police beat him. Wow. Protesters donned the colorful balaklavas that had become a symbol of the band balaklava balaklavas yes the full face mask where you can really only have basically a mouth and eyepieces uh maybe no nostrils cut out of it but that's about it it covers up Uh, your whole face okay uh 
They've become a symbol of the band in many European and U.S. cities, though no single protest outside Moscow drew more than a few hundred people. So I, I just I think that these stories are more than just what happened, but how people have reacted to them and how the police state has reacted to those reacting. So it sort of creates a ripple effect. Well, right. And look at this. I mean, they, they said thousands are protesting this in Russia. Is that right? Yep. That's huge. I mean, to get hundreds in one place is a pretty big deal. To get 100 people to take their uh, their day off or you know, several days off and engage in some sort of a protest is is pretty awesome. But to have thousands of people is pretty amazing. That's, that's you know, an epic level uh, kind of protest. And how often does that actually happen in the U.S.? I mean, it you know, if you look at what they've done to Bradley Manning here, for instance, which is even more horrifying than what they've done to the women in Pussy Riot, uh, Bradley Manning still has supporters. But have there ever been thousands of them outside of the uh, the jail, the military base in which he's being kept? I actually do have an update about Bradley Manning where dozens of supporters were protesting in solidarity with him, but not not dozens of hundreds, not right. dozens of thousands, but just dozens. So, uh, you know, you've got to give credit to some of these people in other countries. They they really know how to do this stuff. And Americans seem like a bunch of lazy bums in comparison. I wonder if it's just the circumstances around the case, because we didn't know about Bradley Manning's stuff, or at least I didn't, until the government had already come in and said that he was a bad guy and sort of biased people against him. Maybe. 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. You can take control of the airwaves here. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we have there for you. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. It's all brought to you by SACL CAI. If you need collections done and you want it done with respect, you can visit SACL through their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com's banner column. And SACL also wanted to uh, donate some of their ad time to antiwar.com. Antiwar.com is currently doing a pledge drive, and they need your help to continue bringing anti-war principled news to the Internet. It's a huge site. It's a very important site. And uh, you can go to antiwar.com. You'll find their pledge drive there. You can help them out. It makes a big difference for them. Once again, antiwar.com. As we continue here, we, of course, will take your calls about anything you want. And in the news, uh, Pussy Riot has been sentenced to two years in prison in Russia for the so-called crime of hooliganism with the religious what, – what was it? By Motivated by religious hatred? Yep. So I don't know what the definition of hooliganism is, but I guess it's kind of like one of those hate crime things where you can have hooliganism and then you can have hooliganism motivated by a religious hatred and somehow that makes it worse. I thought that hooliganism – it sounded like disorderly conduct to me. Like that's what they call it, hooliganism. 
It does sound like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I'd be curious, though, to know exactly you know, what the definition of hooliganism is. Maybe we can find that, or maybe you can tell us. Let's go to Tony, listening in Missouri. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Allie. Actually, it's homie. Homie, as in like H-O-M-I-E? That's it, yeah. Very good, homie. I apologize. Our board op should ask you next time how to spell the name. Apologize. No problem. Um, I think these pussy riot girls did a bad thing, and I'll tell you why. Um, You guys, you you keen activists, you're not going to barge into keen First Baptist and start singing songs because you guys are, you know, decent and respectful people and you respect property rights. And I think that's where these girls in Pussy Riot went wrong, if well, they weren't respecting property rights. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Like, property rights are really important to liberty-minded folks, no doubt about that. And, and we don't know what the politics of, uh, of Pussy Riot is. But there's an important distinction. First Baptist Church or whoever, whichever church we're talking about here, hasn't been accused of basically having ties to the state. And if, it, if you get into a situation wherein the church is essentially inseparable from the state, then— is it still the same as private property? Well, that, that's an interesting question. But I, uh, the uh, the basilica or whatever it's called that they did their activism in, it's also somewhat of a tourist attraction, too. So in a way, it, it was kind of like if uh, uh, I'm trying – like if they had done it at St. Peter's Basilica or St. Paul's Cathedral, it, it's, it's still a violation of po- uh, property rights. Even yeah, though but the Jefferson Memorial was where a bunch of activism happened with – uh, dancing activism happened, and that's a big tourist destination too. So I don't think it matters yeah. if it's a tourist destination. But I agree with you that whose property is, uh, like whose property is it, is important to me because I don't like to support anything, and I realize that you know someone's rights are being violated in the process of doing the activism. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I I respect what those girls were trying to say. I just think they kind of went about it the wrong way. I think I think they. Uh, I don't want to say what they did was immoral, but I think it was kind of jerkish, maybe. You know, I think that you might be right about that. But again, I I can't really comment. And maybe we've got some uh, Russian listeners or some folks that have lived over there and, and have a better idea for just how integrated the state is with this uh, particular Christian Orthodox church. Uh, I don't think that, you know, there's an official state religion. It's not that bad. But on the other hand... Uh, there, there, there does appear to be a lot of collusion and uh, and back scratching, at least from you know my very disconnected Americanized uh, perspective of what's going on over there. So I think that changes how it plays out. I think that you know if there was an American church that was getting a bunch of money from the state or was you know actively involved in uh, in politics in in some sort of way, I think that would to some extent open them up to that sort of a protest. But either way. You know, while I agree with you, if it is private property, then I think that it was maybe the wrong thing to do. However, there wasn't any damage done. I mean, the worst case uh, scenario is they went into private property that was open to the public, as a lot of private property is. You know, the Seven Eleven store, you know, your grocery store. These places are open to the public. They do have rules that are set on them, but and if you violate those rules, you can be asked to leave. And so they went into, let's call it private property because it's not technically state property. They went into this questionable property. They engaged in, uh, you know, activism that was involved in just speech, uh, speechifying, just speaking or singing. And uh, they should have just been asked to leave. Don't you agree? I mean, you certainly would agree that the uh, response was completely inappropriate. Um, I do agree that they should have been asked to leave. Um if, if I had been the pastor at Keene First Baptist and something like that happened to Keene First Baptist, I probably would have 
Uh, I probably would have pressed charges. Not, I wouldn't want to put away for two years, but I'd at least like to see him uh, maybe fined or just some kind of violation. Because well, I wait a minute. Why would you want them fined? I mean, what was the damage? Uh, you know, because because uh, in a liberty oriented world in a you know more freedom oriented society in which we have private true private property rights then you would be restituted there you know the fines just going to go to the state so in theory if you've been damaged you should be restituted by the people that committed that damage and so the question is what was the damage by somebody walking well, into your business and singing a song i mean there's no real damage well, there at all you do raise a good point, you know, and it's hard to put a dollar figure on that damage. But you brought up the point that they should have been asked to leave, and then if they had come back, then they would have been, you know, uh, legitimately guilty of a, of a property crime. And I guess in a situation like that, where if they had been politely asked to leave before and then came back, would you would you support some kind of punishment for them in that case, in that instance? I think that that would be a much better argument for uh, for some sort of a punishment. Again, what would be appropriate in that particular event, I don't know. Uh, but then you, they actually would be violating some sort of an order against them, like, hey, you're not supposed to be here, and you knew that, and you still came back. So I think you would have a, you'd have a much stronger case. But again, we're talking about in theory in the realm of what things should be like, where there should be restitution and there should truly be private property. But we don't live in that world. So now you've got the state going after them with hooliganism charges and them spending two years in prison. And now everyone in Russia is going to be victimized by the state in order to keep these girls, uh, you know, fed and housed for two years. And that is true. And and they use the broad term hooliganism because they can't think of anything else. It's just like disorderly conduct over here. You can't think of anything else. So you just slap some broad term on it. So, Tony, thanks for the call and the thoughts. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So what you were saying earlier about how in these other countries, especially, I guess, like European countries, they... Uh, yeah, they're a little bit more hardcore about their activism. And it is kind of exciting because I always hear uh, people who are into punk rock in the United States talking about how awesome punk rock used to be or yeah. what it used to represent. And I think that that sort of uh, punk rock attitude is still alive in other places. Uh, and punk rockers get persecuted for it uh, all the time. Sure. I think Americans are uh, really spoiled I mean, uh, we've we've got it pretty good here. There's all kinds of comfortable uh, things to do to distract you. Uh, lots of sports teams and television shows and things like that. And of course, uh, there's also the uh, kind of the negative feedback to doing this sort of activism. Like, oh, well, you could end up in a jail cell, or you could uh, have your kids taken from you, or something horrible could happen. And so there's all kinds of disincentives to get involved in doing activism that involves risk, which is why I think, uh, you know, people that love freedom should get together in the same place to where they can mitigate their risk by the factor of large numbers. And I think that's a huge important factor here. 855-453. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Online Bitcoin poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin, the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts, optional email, and no banking. Only Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great player rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals are harmed in the making of this advertisement.
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we give to you there. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. Those features, by the way, include listening options. We've got live streams. You can tune into the broadband, midband, or narrowband versions of the show over at listen.freetalklive.com. They're all completely free. In addition to that, our radio listening options include over 110 great radio stations across the country on AM and FM. Uh, and so you can go and get a list of those. Plus, our satellite listening choices include XM Satellite Radio, where we are heard all seven nights per week. And in addition to that, our free-to-air KU band channel is available, as well as the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get more information about that and how to get tuned in. That's listen dot free talk live dot com so eight five five four fifty three is the number here tonight uh, sure would love your thoughts on the pussy riot situation as they are now looking at two years they're they are they've been sentenced uh to two years in a prison in russia for a, what was essentially a 42nd song a protest song that they sang in the russian orthodox church in their head uh cathedral in moscow uh, 40 seconds of protest, two years in prison. Wow. Pretty clearly a disproportionate sentence, absolutely outrageous. And it seems that the, uh, you know, the Russian government is trying to make a, uh, you know, send a message. Yeah, trying to set an example. With these. So, uh, and then I also found this story about a topless activist. Uh, this is from HuffingtonPost.com. A topless activist was captured on camera on Friday while chainsawing a crucifix in the Ukrainian capital <laughs> of Kiev. Uh, Ina Shevchenko, <laughs> 22, told RBK News she tore down the symbol in support of the members of the Russian punk band Pussy Riot. So she's with the group. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Femin? Femin. Okay. Uh, she destroyed the four-meter-high wooden crucifix just as Moscow's court was due to deliver its verdict in the Pussy Riot case. Wow, it's it's uh you know the girls from Femin are uh, quite the activists. I mean, again, we were talking a moment ago about how American activists, you know, they just they seem lazy in comparison to uh, some people from around the world, and uh, the folks from Femin are a great example of a group of uh, ladies. Who you know again are fairly frail, frail looking. You know they're not the most built, uh, buffed up. Uh, you know they're not weightlifters, mm-hmm. and uh, they are just doing some of the most ballsy activism. Now again, here we are with the private property issue. Uh, whose cross was this? I doubt it was a government cross. But, Probably not. Yeah, but then again, why was she allowed to just chainsaw away at this thing? I, I don't mean, think if, she was allowed. You, I think she just. No one caught her in time. I don't know. RT, it seemed like RT was there. At least somebody who got the video for RT was there. Uh, yeah, but RT's not calling the cops on people. That's that's true. It's still, though, it looked like she was really hacking away at that thing for uh, for quite a while. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's a big cross. I mean, they took down a, a very large cross here. And uh, the, you know, the video footage is on that Huffington Post article. You can see what they did. But Femin has made a name for themselves by doing basically topless activism. 
And, uh, you know, here in Keene, New Hampshire, we had Topless Tuesday once upon a time. And there was also another uh, event where a young lady walked down Main Street while open carrying a weapon and being topless. She ended up being arrested for that. And the police actually turned her loose with an apology. And when you can actually get the police to apologize to you, uh, you've actually, you, know, you know, you've actually done something that uh, is really legal and they really screwed up. Right. Uh, so. There was all that, and there was you know plenty of hubbub over this. Lots of people were upset over the idea that uh, a woman would dare. She would dare to walk topless. I mean, it's okay for men to do it, but women? Do you think the people uh, in Ukraine are the same way about this, though? Do you think I they wonder hate about that. Femin? That's a good question. Or is there in the U- in can't say the Ukraine is supposed to be in Ukraine? <laughs> uh, in Ukraine, are there people who are as prudish as they there are here in America? Is is prudism as or prudishness as popular there as it is here? I mean, there probably are prudes everywhere mm-hmm. uh, in the world, but uh, is it more? Are the people there more comfortable with people being topless of both genders? And uh, certainly it it gets them press attention. I mean, the fact that they're doing things while topless is just guaranteed to bring more cameras uh, to uh, any one of their protest events. Mm-hmm. And anybody, you know, if you do some research into feminine, they're fascinating uh, because, you know, some of the things they've done have really put them at risk. Uh, but from these thugs, these uh, Ukrainian cops, basically, and in some cases, Russian cops, I think. Where I remember one story was about how some of these ladies were kidnapped by a couple of cops. I mean, not just your typical arrest kind of kidnapping, but beyond that, they were actually taken into the woods where the cops uh, stabbed them and oh left God. them. They just left them there. Now, they, they survived the, uh, the encounter, but just you know, the scary factor of you're dealing with some of the most previously from previous generations intimidating police forces in the world i mean the the russian police ukrainian police these guys are not known for uh respecting people's rights or anything like that right and so the idea that you know these relatively little ladies are are putting themselves into the hands of these thug cops who are crazy and dangerous and probably not uh very respectful towards uh towards women in general uh it really just speaks to the courage that these ladies have to do these sorts of things. And it it does. And I actually think while you're talking about the prudishness or the possible prudishness of people in the U.S., uh, I've never been to Ukraine, so it's hard to compare, but I've been to Europe, and I can tell you that people there are a lot less prudish about uh, public displays of affection. And Mm -hmm. so I would think that a topless woman wouldn't freak them out as much. But because it is a big deal in the United States, that almost means that more people should be doing it because it still has a shock factor. Like if people in Europe are used to seeing topless women or it just doesn't have uh, it's not that big of a deal to see boobs I've seen- in the United States, it's like. It makes it draws a lot more attention. It would, you would think, uh, and so I wonder how many places it actually is illegal. We know that in Vermont and in New Hampshire, it's not illegal for a lady to be topless, as it shouldn't be. But how many places in this country is it illegal? It's a good question. Eight five five four fifty free. Your thoughts on topless protests, pussy riot, uh, whatever you want to talk about, of course, goes as well. This is free talk live, after all. And I am curious, you know, to know more about the connections. Between the Orthodox Church uh, over in Russia, the Russian Orthodox Church, as well as uh, you know, between them and the uh, the government, uh, because I just, I just, it's just kind of the impression that I get from reading you know articles, but I I don't really have any real evidence of that. So I'm curious to know more. If you can enlighten us, that would be great. Eight five five 
450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And again, the video of the feminine activist Ms. Shevchenko uh, cutting down this cross is available at the Huffington Post. Just go to Google and search for uh, topless activist chainsaws, and it'll be the first result. But I guess she's now going to be looking at a hooliganism charge as well. I don't know if you got to that part of the uh, the story yet, but it appears that they're going to be coming after her for the same thing. Right. So this is one of those catch-all terms, you know, just like uh, disorderly conduct. So if the Free State Project was in Russia, we'd all get hooliganism charges instead of disorderly conduct. Femin spokesperson uh, said, we want to show the authorities that no imbecile has the right to trample on freedom of speech and the rights of women and shut Pussy Riot away in jail. No business, not even one as successful as the church, has the right to attack, uh, to attack women's rights, said the protester. Pussy Riot members uh, were, of course, arrested uh, for their punk prayer, which we discussed earlier. And yeah, I thought I saw in here that they were going after her for uh, for hooliganism. Let's see. According to reports, yes, a criminal uh, case for hooliganism has been formally opened in connection with the uh, the cross cutting down incident, and that is according to RT dot com as uh, as they were on the scene to report this. By the way, she's uh, dressed in only a pair of short shorts, uh, the kind of shorts where they got the the po- they're so short and cut off that the pockets are hanging out uh, underneath, like. The material. Right. The Britney Spears shorts. <laughs> is that is that who uh, popularized that? I think so. She has written Free Riot on her arm, as she has Free Riot also written across her chest as she's cutting down what is essentially a 12-foot or higher cross. This thing's pretty big. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. Totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Uh, you can join us uh, over there, and you can actually get interactive in a variety of different ways. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is uh, you send in 3 bucks a month. We'll take that in and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing new Internet listeners on board as well, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can learn more about the program there. Get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal. Also, you can use uh, Visa or MasterCard right on our website as well. Maybe you're not, you don't like PayPal. You'd like to do it directly through your credit card. You can do that as well. Again, uh, amp.freetalklive.com. Now, if you're thinking about starting a business... 
You should incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and it's easy. They do all sorts of legal documents like patents, wills, and trademarks. Use code FTL and you'll save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. As we continue here, more about Pussy Riot, the punk band that decided to go and play a protest song, or I guess sing one, uh, because they didn't have their instruments with them, at the head of the Russian Orthodox Church's main uh, cathedral in Moscow. And their point was to essentially protest what they considered to be a heavy involvement of the executives in the church with uh, with with Vladimir Putin and his reelection efforts, and of course, you know, on one hand, uh, people who are religious should have political opinions, and they should be free to uh, to have you know political influence, right? Of course. But on the other hand, is there a certain point at which it crosses a line? Is- you mean where the church gets so much control that they use it to try to sway elections? Yeah. Or try to you know move public policy in a way that would uh, would benefit the church. Well, that's that's going to happen anyway. That happens all over the place. I I, I like that churches, uh, at least in the United States, don't get taxed. Uh, so you know it sort of opens up sort of a free market system of worship, I guess. But I at the same time think that I think that. The whole institutionalized religion thing, yeah, I could see, you know, if I was a feminist, I would be probably totally against it just because it's sort of uh, the traditional uh, traditionalism and I guess the hierarchy of the church is sort of is sort of uh, keeps women down a notch. Mm-hmm. But I'm sort of speaking in, in vague terms. Not all churches are like that, but I would think that, you know. Maybe this one, this seems like one of those really old churches where it's just, you know, you, it's a bunch of standing up, sitting down type stuff. And if the uh, this church is a Christian church, mm-hmm. shouldn't they be exemplifying Christianity and offering forgiveness well, towards people? Yeah, and plus Jesus was, I don't know, he was one of those guys that would come in and there's a story about him going to the church and knocking over the the money and everything. And is that the church? Making a ruckus. Uh, I thought that was where the money changers were. Had they, were they set up in the temple? Was I've had people were? dispute about this. Was it a church? Was it, uh, what was the other thing someone else said? Someone thought it was like a government building. Mm. Was it the same thing at the time? At some times, uh, you know, the Orthodox Church was involved more directly as part of the state in the past. I think it was like in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there's actually news here from last year where the Russian Orthodox Church was against becoming a state religion, according to Interfax. Uh, interfax-religion.com quote we don't want to be we don't want the church to become part of the state apparatus state machinery to assume secular functions according to the archpriest he was commenting on a poll conducted by the Sreda agency along with the public opinion foundation of 1500 people across 44 russian regions 100 towns and villages according to the poll 30 percent of russians want orthodoxy to become the state religion now I wonder, you know, what is what's the breakdown of religions in Russia? How, uh, you know, penetrating is the Russian Orthodox Church compared to other religions there? If 30% of Russians are saying we want them to be the state religion, that's a pretty concerning statistic. 48% are against it and 23% did not have an opinion about it. So not even not even a majority of people in Russia are saying no to the idea of the uh, the Russian Orthodox Church becoming the state church, 
is kind of disturbing. What so, would that mean? Would that mean that they could base law, af- like they could basically make the Bible law? Or what would that mean? That's an excellent question. Uh, th- I can't answer that for you. Okay. I mean, thankfully, we have not lived under that particular <laughs> uh, situation. But uh, yeah, I would imagine that the church would have... Uh, I don't know if that would mean they would shut down all other churches in Russia or how that would be enforced or if it just meant that, you know, some taxpayer dollars would end up going to the church mm-hmm. or what sort of weird back scratching kind of back and forth uh, agreement that they, they would end up having with one another. I it think certainly it's, is disturbing. It's weird whenever someone wants to tie in religion and statism because to me they're diametrically opposed as far as, you know, there's like the spiritual aspect or thinking about the unknown mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then there's the state, which assumes it knows everything and, you know, will well, even force gods. people to their beliefs. Yeah, it's like it's like competing idols or something. Tanya's on the line with us listening in North Carolina, the Wilmington area to the Big Talker FM. Hey, Tanya. Hey, I just wanted to know if you found out what hooligan meant. You know, I haven't I haven't had a chance to uh, to look it up. So well, I you? looked it up. I looked it up, Great. and it's a, a violent, young troublemaker, typically one of a great, of a gang. Um, hoodlum, rowdy, ruffian, roughneck, rough. I see. Well, you've looked hooligan. up the you've looked up the definition of hooligan, which you know is okay. useful. But uh, what we really need to, what we really need to get is hooliganism as a legal term, I've, because I have it. Okay, great refers to behavior that is riotous, bullying, or vandalizing. Yep. Now that is, uh, I see that that's hooliganism as uh, according to the Wikipedia. I'm uh, looking at that. Is that what you're looking at right now? Right. Uh, Right. So Uh you have to remember, uh, Tanya, when you're looking at a legal charge, the term does not necessarily mean what you think it means. So Exactly. Exactly. But you've got to remember the country that you're in. What do you mean? When things, well, this was Russia. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same rights and meanings and definitions of everything as the United States does. Well, you're right about that, which is why it's important to look up uh, the legal definition of hooliganism as according to whatever it is defined by the Russian code. Because in by the, the world Russian of- code, that's. Exactly right. Right, yeah. because the world of legal land is one in which the lawyers get to redefine words. So even though we can look up the word hooliganism and determine, you know, by a you know general definition of what it means, an English definition, when you actually look it up in the legal uh, code, they can redefine the word to mean whatever they want it to. And that's why the right. legal system is so it- confusing for people. One of the reasons. Right, and that and that goes along with the lines of what country you're in. Well, it can go on the lines of uh, de- you know the different states that you're in. Different states could have different definitions uh, for exactly. words as well. And a lot of exactly. times, words won't and, mean and, anything unless you think they will. Like the word "person" in a legal definition can mean corporation, which is crazy. Uh huh. Right. 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 Uh, we we are so confused in our words because they came from so many different places when we first came started speaking. You know, and we decided to speak English and English, I understand, is the hardest language to learn because there are so many definitions to the same word. Yeah, it can be really confusing, as I understand it. And Tanya, any other Uh thoughts you want to share tonight? That's it. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it reminds me that maybe 
Catholicism and the Vatican would be um, private. I mean, it says it's open to everybody, but maybe that's considered private. Thanks for the call, Tanya. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. I don't know about that. You know, the Vatican City is obviously its own country, technically. So I looked up the uh, what hooliganism is, and it says uh, in the Soviet Union, hooliganism was made a criminal offense under the penal codes of the Soviet republics. Article 213 of the penal code defined hooliganism as, quote, any deliberate behavior which violates public order and expresses explicit disrespect towards society. Mm. That sounds like disorderly conduct. This law was often used by Soviet authorities against political dissidents. Hooliganism is still covered under the criminal and administrative codes of Russia and is applicable to persons at age, uh, to persons at least 16 years old, and they have, you know, different grades of hooliganism. Yep. So, uh, good find, Ali. Excellent job. 855-450-FREE. It's as we suspected. Hooliganism is their catch-all charge as disorderly conduct is here and or obstructing government administration. As we've seen, the government in the U.S. loves to use this very same charge. It's just called something different here, and they do it for the same purpose, to crush political dissent. 855-450-FREE. It's not that different here, after all. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls Your Birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free here at 855-453-SACL-CAI toll-free line. one 450 3733 can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that uh, we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. And uh, Allie is joining us courtesy of her radio program, which is Ladies in Keen. You can listen over at ladiesinkeen.com. I actually had something from Ladies in Keen in my show prep for tonight. Wow. Uh, Kate, who is one of the Ladies in Keen, mm-hmm. wrote something up about a Deimos trial that I thought was really great and thought it was worthy of sharing. We might have a chance to get to that, but of course, we'll take your calls first and foremost if you make them about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. So once again, you can visit Allie. Her website is Ladies in Keen. That's K-E-E-N-E dot com. Update on Bradley Manning's situation and uh, what some of the protesters are doing on the outside to try to help him out. That's uh, still on the way. And, of course, your calls about whatever's on your mind. Last hour, we talked quite a bit of detail about Pussy Riot as they've been found guilty of hooliganism motivated by religious hatred. 
And basically, the charge is the equivalent of disorderly conduct over here. Uh, we'll go to your phone calls, and then there's actually a little bit more here. They've uh, managed to interview one of the uh, members of Pussy Riot, and uh, she's got a few interesting things to say. So we'll share that with you. But first, Sam is with us listening in Logan, Utah. You're on Free Talk Live, Sam, with the Inn and Alley. Hi. Uh, yeah, I was just calling to let you know about a little bit about the Orthodox Church. Please. And they're not uh, a state-sanctioned church, but they do support Vladimir Putin, if that's any help. Right. Yeah, that I that much I understand. But were they not part of the state at one point in their history? Before the the Soviet Revolution in 1917, they were. It was the Holy Russian Empire, and the Tsar of Russia was the head of the Holy Russian Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. And then during the Soviet era. It was an atheist state because of the Soviet doctrine, no one is above the state, so there couldn't be a god, so there couldn't be a Russian Orthodox Church. And the Russian Orthodox Church is actually headquartered in New Jersey because of the... the uh, they were basically banished during the Soviet era. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. How did you learn so much about them? I did a paper on it. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And your thoughts yeah. on uh, what happened with Pussy Riot? Actually, I did a paper on that, too, and you're right, it is a disorderly conduct. Hooliganism is a, it's a catch-all, just like disorderly conduct Mm -hmm. here is, and that's what they were charged with. And uh, their court, their trial date was, they only gave the lawyers a week to prepare for the trial date, Mm -hmm. and Pussy Wright actually went on a hunger strike during that time to protest because they weren't giving their lawyers enough time. Mm Mm-hmm. And the judge at the trial wouldn't let the lawyers lay out their case. He kept uh, sustaining the objections. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the uh, well, the objections know, that they good. made uh, against the state were basically overturned almost every single time. We actually read a piece about this, a couple, I think it was probably a week ago, or maybe a week and a half, but uh, where we shared uh, that there was essentially people were calling this trial more of a show trial than ever happened during the old Soviet Union. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Those were pretty bad in the Soviet era, but it was basically they were not going to win. It was already predecided that they were not going to win. So. Of course. And they were going to make a, an example of them, as you know, Vladimir Putin has wanted to do, because he rules pretty much with an iron fist. So, yeah, they were, they were not going to win this trial, no matter what they did. Sam, thanks for calling and sharing your thoughts. Uh, appreciate the expertise and the knowledge. Thank you, sir. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. In point of fact, the church did call for mercy for the convicted Pussy Riot members. They say the the following in a statement, uh, We ask authorities to show mercy toward the convicts, hoping they will renounce their sacrilegious acts. But it added that the patriarchy doesn't question the legitimacy of the court's decision. Uh, the prosecution asked for three years. The court gave them, or the judge gave them two years in prison. The five months they've already spent pre-trial confinement will count toward the two-year sentence. So basically, they've got another year and a half uh, in in a Russian prison until they can finally get back out. They only come out more punk rock, <laughs> right? Well, here's one of them. Uh, Nadza Nadezia Tolokonova says, and I'm sure I'm butchering her name. Uh, but she was interviewed by Interfax. She said she does not 
regret the performance staged at the Christ Cathedral of Christ the Savior, which landed her and her two friends in jail, and does not believe they'll get a fair trial. She says, of course not. We're happy that we have involuntarily become the epicenter of an enormous political event, which involves such various forces. She says also that she doesn't believe that her and her friends will get a fair trial. She says, I don't believe that a court ruling is such. There is no trial. It's an illusion. So, you know, they knew in advance the risks. And anybody that's going to do civil disobedience should, should understand the risks in advance. And the risks are they could, you know, the worst case, they can kill you if they want to, mm-hmm. right? Like that's always the worst case scenario. Uh, second worst is, you know, provide they could do some sort of uh, – beating up of you you could be physically harmed uh, by the police uh, but you know more likely you're probably just going to spend some time in a, in a jail cell mm-hmm. and if you can accept the possibilities in advance then the idea of civil disobedience doesn't have the same amount of uh, ability to strike fear into one's heart uh, you have to kind of get over those possibilities prior to doing it or i think that you're not ready for uh, for civil disobedience and it sounds like she knew exactly what was going to happen like you know she knew that there was a possibility she was going to get arrested there'd be mm-hmm. some sort of a show trial she knows it's a joke that it's all just there for show because they knew they were going to be convicted she says we genuinely had not expected criminal prosecution because we didn't commit any crimes. We even did not suspect that the authorities would be so stupid as to prosecute anti-Putin punk feminists, thus making us legitimate in the social space. And that's another thing. You know, even if you think that they're not going to prosecute you, you always have to keep in mind there's, that, there's still that chance, right? right? You can show up at any kind of an event, any kind of uh, – even a political event could result in you being arrested. You never know what law they'll accuse you of violating, and if it's something like hooliganism or disorderly conduct, they can basically slap that on any amount of behavior or any particular thing that you do, call it disorderly conduct, or, and then get to, get a conviction based on that. There's mm-hmm. very little that they have to do to convict somebody. Do you think that's why it's hard to get uh, Americans out to civil disobedience events in support because – they know that they could get disorderly conduct charges if just by participation. And as we sure. saw with Occupy Wall Street, even though there's tons of people out for that, you know, it was uh, just going to, you know, one of these Occupy events. You were at risk of being arrested and, you know, possibly hit with rubber bullets and all that, too. So, of course, uh, that's obviously that's uh, that's a deterrent. I mean, anywhere around the world, not just Americans, but. It's a deterrent to doing things when the government is is acting in a criminal manner, when they're hurting peaceful people, and people don't want to get hurt. You know, they've got a good life, things are comfortable, they don't want to get hurt, they don't want to put any of that at risk, and I don't blame them for it. Well, if they weren't acting in a criminal manner, then there'd be nothing to protest. Well, that's true. And the problem with doing nothing is that they keep doing, uh, the, the government people will keep making things worse. So if you don't do anything to counteract what they do, then... Before you know it, they're in total control of your life and they're micromanaging everything and you're completely owned, lock, stock and barrel. I'm I'm impressed with just that anyone is willing to stand up to it because yeah. it is much easier just to ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist and to try to avoid doing anything that might put you at risk of being harmed by the state. And it's, it's always just, easier to do nothing. Yeah. People that go out and put themselves in harm's way, it's... It, it astounds me because that's not the easy thing to do. Tolokonova, Tolo, Tolokonikova, Tolokonikova also said she would not have left Russia if she had known they would be arrested. She said, no, it is not so easy to get rid of us. We'll see who wins. Well, we already know. I think this was interview was done just before the verdict. Tolokonova 
Who knows uh, what totally. she means by wins, though? Totally, well, that's good. And she is pointing out here that uh, that because the government went after them in this way, they've become so much bigger than they otherwise would have been. Have yeah. they? Have the government not responded to this? Have they just gone into this cathedral and just done their little protest song and left? Maybe they would have gotten a news piece. You know, maybe there would have been like, oh, these activists you know, sang in the church. And that would have been it. It would have been a one-time deal. But now they've gotten international press coverage over and over again and been really been able to bring attention to uh, their situation and what they think is important uh, as far as issues over in Russia. 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. They actually ask her about Femin here in a moment, the other protest group, and whether or not there's a connection between them. We'll find out here in moments. Uh, it's Free Talk Live. You take control. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number, 855-453-TONIGHT tonight on Free Talk Live. We'll, of course, take your calls about anything. And it's Ian here with you. And Allie. 855-453. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. And we have news updates. Go and get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live over at news.freetalklive.com. That's where you can get signed up for our emailed updates, and also you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And we're doing more than just sending you news on Twitter and Facebook. You'll also get questions during the show that you can answer. Uh, you can interact with us uh, better there. It's just more of, you know, social networking is just more an interactive kind of a basis. Uh, so go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via Twitter, Facebook. Those options are there. And of course, the email option as well. Sent out an update actually late last night as I discovered big news uh, about Free Talk Live. We've had the the honor of being named one of five upcoming top uh, talk shows so there was an article about how radio's uh, talk show hosts are getting old you know most of them are in their 50s 60s or even 70s and michael harrison is the publisher of talkers magazine he's kind of like the go-to guy whenever the the news media needs somebody to interview about talk radio it's almost always going to be michael harrison Hmm. why is that he's just the go-to guy i mean he's established himself over 20 years as being, you know, the guy to talk to about does, talk radio. Does he listen to Free Talk Live? Um, he's familiar with Free Talk Live. I don't know. I doubt he listens a whole lot. I mean, mm-hmm. he runs Talkers Magazine, which mm-hmm. is kind of the industry publication. Actually, it's not. A, it's it used to be in print. It no longer is. It's only online now. Uh, but it's the only industry publication dedicated to talk radio. And so he built his reputation by doing that over you know a couple of decades. And so whenever somebody writing a story about talk radio, whatever the story is, it's almost a guarantee that Michael Harrison's going to appear. So he's a very influential guy in talk radio and he mentioned Free Talk Live. So when when they asked him to give them, you know, five names of five different shows that are kind of on the up and coming, up yeah. and up, Free Talk Live was one of those five. That's and, awesome. Was it the yeah. first one? It was the first listed, but it wasn't like a numbered yeah. list. It wasn't a numbered list. It was yeah, just but that's the first. the first one people remember. It's true. And I was really honored to see that happen. It was a big deal. So I, I tweeted and Facebooked and emailed that out uh, last night. So you can see that article there. 
And once again, go to news.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about the Pussy Riot trial and uh, you know how it was basically a show trial and everybody knew from the get-go that they were going to be convicted. And that's the same way it is here in, uh, in the U.S. when an activist gets charged with disorderly conduct. I mean, it might as well just be a done deal at that right. point. You're going to get convicted. I, I don't know. I mean, I've been to a bunch of trials up here in New Hampshire and I've seen a lot of people in front of a judge and I don't think I've ever seen anyone found not guilty of disorderly conduct mm. maybe i'm just misremembering but I, I don't think i've ever seen that happen well because it's a vague charge and people just don't realize that it's how it's being used for all kinds of things that uh nefarious purposes so i guess maybe if you sh- if people were to shine light on the fact that you know if it's a disorderly conduct charge make sure that you know the person was actually harming someone or i don't know is there any disorderly conduct charge that you think someone should be you know, convicted of? There's one maybe that you can make an argument for, which is if you look at the disorderly conduct statute, at least in New Hampshire, it's probably similar in other places, but there's one about if you are blocking traffic. So in that case, you could argue that, you know, you victimized people. They're trying to get to work. Uh, you're God, the government's them. guilty of that all the time. With their, uh, <laughs> with their construction, sure. They're the reason for traffic. No doubt. I mean, the government can't keep up with the marketplace. It can't expand their roads as uh, as is necessary. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe that one's got some legitimacy. If you're standing in the roadway and mm-hmm. you're preventing people from getting to where they need to go, you're delaying them. That's cost time. costing people time. It's time costing people money. money. Mm-hmm. So there's an argument to be made there. Uh, but to just be out somewhere saying something that the government doesn't like, speaking words that they don't like, that threaten their legitimacy, and then they charge you with something, like happened with uh, Pussy Riot as they were charged and, uh, and and found guilty of hooliganism and now going to spend two years in prison for what amounted to a 40-second protest in Russia's main church in Moscow. Now, there's uh, the interview here with, uh, with Nadeza Tolokonikova. <laughs> Sorry, lady. Uh, she's one of the three ladies that is currently in jail, in prison, as part of Pussy Riot. And Interfax did manage to get an interview with her. She said she, uh, she said she considers herself a political prisoner. She said that we were put behind bars for political motives. There's no doubt about that. Center E admitted that in private conversations with us in the detention facility, she said. I don't know who's, what Center E is. That's It's probably some sort of Russian government organization. When asked whether Pussy Riot can be compared to the Ukrainian group Femin and whether Femin is essentially close to Pussy Riot, uh, Tola Konakova said the following. And see if you can make heads or tails of this. It seems clear to me something's being lost in translation. Okay. Quote, no, they are not close to us. Femin which is this kind of feminist uh, protest group. They've been, you mentioned uh, their story earlier, a feminine lady cut down a cross, uh, a church cross, a humongous cross, like a 15-foot cross, while topless, with a chainsaw in protest of Pussy Riot. So clearly, Femin's behind Pussy Riot as far as, you know, they want them to be freed from jail. Mm -hmm. But uh, the lady from Pussy Riot says, no, they're not close to us. Femin has a different ideology. We oppose the position man-woman. There's a hyphen in between those, man-woman. And they insist on it. We like mobile, transgressive, queer identities, unquote. Hmm. What's that mean? you have any idea? Well, when you first, I'll just tell you, my initial uh, impression is that uh, I guess there may be some feminists or people that 
who don't believe that there's like a difference between genders and mm-hmm. that every, you know, like the idea that everyone's a little gay. Maybe that's what she means is that people should just embrace that, you know, because you're a man, you don't necessarily have to be with women. Like there's nothing that makes you more attracted to the opposite sex that we're all just humans and mm-hmm. there's no and man or woman. People are different points on a scale, sort of like the Kinsey scale. Like, I, I'm not even, I'm not familiar with, with what their beliefs are, but it no, does. But I'm, trying to, like, I'm trying to recap what you just said. Oh. Are, you, are you saying that uh, maybe one viewpoint here is that you're either a man or a woman and the other is that, you know, there's just, there, there's a scale, there's a range of uh, what you can be? Maybe just more that man, man and woman doesn't matter so much that it's like too vague to even, I, I don't know. I just, I, whatever it is, it sounds, if this is what she's saying, I disagree with it, but I think the idea being that there's no real difference between man and woman, maybe, except for the obvious, maybe. Your guess is as good as mine. Like I said, I think that there was something lost in translation there. But it's interesting that she basically says that uh, they oppose Femin's uh, viewpoint, whatever that is. Tolik- uh, Tolikonikova also said she feels very good in detention and will be doing fine. She said, I write and read a lot. I take walks in the prison yard every day. The detention facility staff have generally changed their attitude to us over time. More and more detention facility officials now have sympathy for us and want us to be released. The Public Observer Commission and those who are sending us food are helping us a lot with everyday practical problems. Thank you. Wow, you can send them food. That's pretty impressive. That is awesome. They don't let you do that in America, do they? Like, do you can you get food? Maybe maybe you could if it was like a minimum security prison or something like that. But at what level of jail will they actually allow someone on the outside to send in food products? In I don't America? know how it works. I know that they're they probably would like cut it all up to make sure there's nothing in there. So she says, thank you. Generally, I'm not very concerned about everyday problems. It's not the main thing. All problems can be solved. There are always good people around who help at exactly the time when help is needed. So there's a little bit from one of the ladies of Pussy Ride. 855-450-FREE. Your calls are next. You can bring up whatever's on your mind to take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Live, dial in toll-free, and bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Just head over to freetalklive.com, and you can experience uh, features for free, like those Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo. And you could be on the Shrine if you are a lady listener. You can get the details on how to do that over at Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. Again, Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, Bitcoins allow anyone, even you, even if you've got bad credit history or anything like that, whatever your financial situation, doesn't matter. Credit is not a factor when it comes to Bitcoin. It's in a completely anonymous, or it can be a completely anonymous system that you can use to transfer money online without any checks, 
by some governmental system or a corporation. Bitcoin is not operated by anybody in particular. It is a peer-to-peer decentralized network of individuals that is millions of people large across the globe, and it's becoming more and more important every day. At least the price is certainly reflecting that. They're now something like $13 a piece, and it seems like just two weeks ago they were 10 and a month or so before that it was 6 That's exciting. So, yeah, it's really amazing. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, I'm thinking, should I buy? Should I, or is it going to go down? Obviously, there's that right. question of you never know what this stuff is going to do. But it doesn't matter because ultimately, it doesn't matter what happens to the price to me because ultimately what's important is whether or not Bitcoin continues to succeed. And by all indicators, it looks like it's going to because the longer Bitcoin Bitcoin is out. The more neat uh, fact, you know, the more neat programs are created that will work with it. There's going to be something coming soon that'll allow you to have a card with basically bitcoins on it that you can swipe at a point of purchase and use bitcoins to pay things. You can, you'll be able to use bitcoins to pay your bills soon. So, I mean, the, the tools are coming that are going to make Bitcoin easier and easier to integrate into your life. When Bitcoin started, the program was kind of clunky. It was, you know, hard to uh, really understand for people that were new to it. It's easier now than ever to use. And it doesn't take long to really get a clue as to what's going on. You can go to weusecoins.org and learn more about this. I mean, it is impossible for anyone, mathematically impossible, including governments, to block you from sending or receiving payments with Bitcoin. Impossible for them to freeze your account. Impossible for them to interfere with your account in any way. You can learn more. We use coins.org. What's coming for Bitcoin is incredible, and it's just going to keep getting better, and it costs you nothing. You can just go and get involved, get your Bitcoin client, and then you can get Bitcoins over at bitinstant.com. So 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Other crazy news out of Russia coming up since we're on the topic. Uh, and then also, I know, uh, Ali, you had something else to, uh, to discuss in, involving Detroit and free Nike shoes for all school children. Uh, we'll tell you more about that here. But first, we go to the phones and your thoughts. Trevor is listening in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Trevor. What's up, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, oh, nothing. I just wanted to touch on the disorderly conduct yes sir um i have 17 disorderly conducts and one resisting arrest wow um i actually got arrested last year on lemonade freedom day for letting my four-year-old son sell lemonade seriously i thought there were no arrests yeah. last year on lemonade freedom day uh, i was is right about when i started uh reading or listening to free talk live when i worked on the farm i would listen to that and they gave me the idea to do it and wow. but i never went to their website um, and actually, we set up a lemonade stand last Saturday, and we're going to do it tomorrow. But um, what? So they arrested on. you for disorderly conduct for helping your son sell lemonade? Yeah, I refused to shut it down, and mm. I was his guardian, and I, I was see. out there with mm. him. So they arrested me. Wow. Um, and then I didn't want to give him my hand, so I got resisting. Jeez. What did what happened with um, those charges? Um. The, oh yeah, just like right when you go up there, you know, how do you plead? You know. The crazy thing, and this is what I wanted to get to, was... Well, wait, were you, did you plead... My, hold on, but before you get to crazy thing... I played no contest, okay. but that was before I knew what I know now by listening. Um, the thing was, is I found out that if I, char, if I, if I plead not guilty, it's not, uh, an, it's not a bad enough where I could take it to a jury trial. Mm. So no matter what, I'm going to go in front of the judge. Right. And every time I've ever went in front of a judge, she doesn't even think about it. You could say guilty, not guilty, no contest, and she just says, "Well, the court finds you guilty. You can walk through these doors, pay this fine." Yeah, this pretty is not much. Offense. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen anybody not 
not guilty on a disorderly conduct. When you went out that day, were you thinking that you might get arrested or were you expecting that at all? Uh, well, I, like I said, I was like a new listener to you, uh, you guys. And I thought that maybe, but I, we live in a smaller town. Um, there's probably, I don't know. It's probably about the size of King, like 30,000 maybe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and we kind of live like right on the edge of the county and the city. So I didn't think anyone would really bother us. And, Surprise. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. I live in an apartment complex. I don't know if it was a leasing agent or somebody that called, but they never gave me any warning. And like I said, last Saturday, I actually, I might've been asking for it, but I actually called the local fire department and told them that if they were thirsty. My son has a lemonade stand on Lake Boulevard to come on out and get some. And they asked us the street again. I said, Lake Boulevard. And they're like, all right, we'll be out to get some, but they never came, but the cops never came either. Mm. But he raised $63 and got himself a new Batman toy. Nice. Wow. So, and so you're going to do it again tomorrow. And that's good to know that you, yes. you weren't harassed last week. No, we weren't, and uh, I just think it's not fair that you can't go in front of a jury of my peers, so-called, to to fight it. I, yeah, right? I, I mean, it's a, that's on. usually a shock to, I think, a lot of people's systems. And When you're growing up, if you learn anything about the Constitution, you hear about a jury trial and how it's supposed to be available to anybody uh, with you know a, a dispute of over $20, and, yeah. and then you find out that's BS. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's stupid because I know the lady's going to find me guilty no matter what I tell her. So. Absolutely. That's what my trial is going to be like when I go in yeah. uh, in September for a trespassing yeah. charge. I'm going to be with a judge. They specifically lowered you, – you, you all right there? Some kind of noise in the background. you at work? Yeah, I'm at work. Okay. It's like <laughs> We're not supposed to be listening on their headphones. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right, man. Anything else you want to share tonight? Um. Well, I'll tell you what I got, though, for the resisting and disorderly. Yeah. I got five years probation. Jeez. I wow. in every month and call on the 14th of every month. So they can and come I into got, your home anytime they want to? Yeah. yeah. For your and son the selling lemonade. Was, was no alcohol or no drugs, and I'm not allowed to be around any felons. Insane. And I have to call on the 14th of every month and report on the 21st of every month in this wow. lady's, the probation officer's office at City Hall. Wow. For Trevor, five years. Thanks for sharing your story. It's outrageous. I hope you can get out of Ohio someday and uh, come up to uh, New Hampshire, though. You'll be around felons though, <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. How are you supposed to know, by the way? Are you supposed to ask everybody you encounter? Yeah, right? Excuse me, are yeah, you a are felon? You a felon? <laughs> I found exactly. out today that someone I knew was a felon, and I had no idea. I've like known them since I've been in New Hampshire. It's easy to get yeah, felonies. To me, it doesn't matter. And, uh, whatever. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, thanks I'm for the call, Trevor. I appreciate, right, thanks, I appreciate your uh, your call and your story tonight. Absolutely outrageous. Are you a felon? No, not at this time. Okay. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I have not yet been charged with any sort of felonies, uh, and hopefully, I won't be. But you never know with these people. I mean, they'll mm-hmm. they'll do whatever they want to. If they want you to be charged with a felony, they'll come up with a way to charge you with a felony. Felony just sounds so bad. Felony. Yeah. I'm right. a felon. That's what they want. They want it to sound bad. That way people will have preconceived notions about you like, ooh, you're a felon. But half the time being a felon just means you sold some pot to somebody or right. some other nonsensical non-crime with no victim whatsoever. Right. Well, people, yeah, they assume the worst. It must mean that you killed someone. Let's continue here. John's listening in Wyoming. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Allie. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, John, go ahead with your thoughts. I got turned on to you guys in Mississippi last year working. Anyway, there's another guy out there. You're talking about people that are standing up against the tyranny we're experiencing. Yes, sir. Are you guys aware of 
Peter Hendrickson. The name rings a bell. Is, did he write an anti-tax book? Absolutely he did. Okay. And he's uh, been basically railroaded. The judge told the jury, you know, basically this is the law is what I tell you. You can stand by. You can tell us the rest of the story here in a moment, John. 855-450-FREE, and that's typical. The judges will say things like, uh, I am the law, or the Constitution doesn't apply in this courtroom. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And what are you going to do about it? Hmm? It's like their living room. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control here. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Take control of these airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there. Once again, freetalklive.com is the place to go. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. You can head over to shop.freetalklive.com and you can enter Amazon through the links you'll find there. Amazon for the uh, for Canada, UK, and the US. So click into the right Amazon for you and then order whatever it is you are looking to buy. And it's the same great Amazon experience with the same huge selection, free super saver shipping, and all the stuff you're used to with Amazon. It's just that you're going through our affiliate links, so Amazon cuts us a portion of their profits that otherwise they just keep for themselves. So you can help out Free Talk Live and get the stuff you want as well over at shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop.freetalklive.com. John is back with us. Uh, John, you're back on Free Talk Live, and go ahead with with the thoughts you were sharing. Well... You know, there's there's a lot of freedom fighters out there. There's a lot of people stand up like these ladies over in Russia and are willing to take the hits, and Peter Hendrickson is one of them. I'd like to uh, direct everybody to LostHorizons.com. It's mm-hmm. uh, his, his website. Uh, I've used his stuff, and it works. He's got over $10 million. He's approaching $11 million he's got back this process now you're talking about a way to uh to not pay uh, income tax is that right absolutely there's 32 states that recognize it and the federal government all right so what has he amount? been jailed for this at all he has but let me tell you he's got all his court stuff up on the web page and he can read it and it's like alice down the, the rabbit hole you know we need to get people to take the red pill and wake up as to what's going on. Literally, they convinced the jury that Peter did not believe what he was talking about, even though he was telling them that. That's basically what it came down to. And, so they put him. They put this man on trial for not paying income tax, and they they basically called him crazy. I mean, was that like that he would say something he didn't believe? I'm confused. You, you've got to read on his website where his court documents are and read. It, it's literally, it's that crazy. They convinced the jury 
that he didn't believe what he was telling all of us out here in the tax truth movement. And that's what it is. The income tax, as the IRS applies it, is illegal, but it's 100% illegal as to who it applies to. Does that make sense? So the uh, yes, I've heard many of the uh, the tax theories. The idea being that uh, the income tax only applies to certain uh, classes of people, you know, like a corporation or something like that, for instance. Uh, what, what... Not even that. It's government employees because you have a benefit as a government employee, a, a special franchise, and it's basically a franchise tax. If you're a city, county, state, federal employee. You got to pay this. If it's you or me that work for wages, okay, which is the common right from God, they cannot tax it unless they apportion it. Isn't it weird to think that the government pays people and then taxes them on the same money? Like, why not just pay them less if it's going and coming from the same place? Makes no sense to me. uh, I, I would agree with you there, but... Anyway, he's got two books. One's Cracking the Code, and the other is a, is a second follow-up. It's called Was Grandpa Really a Moron? They're great books. Support the guy, his wife's home, taking care of the kids. How many years did he uh, get sentenced? He got two years, two and years. it was for uh, filing frivolous returns. And basically, he's going to be getting out here shortly, but he's not giving up. He's created a Facebook page, LostHorizons.com Facebook. Uh, we need to get this word out as much as we can. Well, that's in, that's in the, good to know. I just, you know, it's it's hard to take one guru's uh, advice over another's. I mean, you've got folks like Larkin Rose who also did time for uh, for you know for not paying income tax. And you know, I've met Larkin. He's a hell of a nice guy. Really principled, liberty oriented dude. And from what I can tell, you know, a lot of these guys are probably right about their theories. But ultimately, it hasn't kept them out of prison cells. Yeah, and it's it's not necessarily if you're standing in in the front of the the, the line at the the protest, you know, you're the one that's going to get hit upside the head and hauled off to the paddy sure. wagon, right? Yep. And that's what happens to these guys that stand up. I just like, think that whatever whatever the you know whatever you choose as far as your rationale or your legal reasoning for not paying taxes, I think more people should choose to not pay and they should stand up for themselves and refuse to obey and refuse to kowtow to the state and bow down and give them whatever it is they're demanding. Because if enough people together refuse, like for me, I don't care if it's a legal tax or I don't care if they're you know telling telling me that I owe it. Uh, I don't want to support killing. And so I'm morally opposed to it. Uh, I'm also, you know, as far as the uh, the tax is concerned, I'm not interested in the in consenting to their system. I don't think I have any obligation that has yet to be it's yet to be proven to me how it is a group of men and women sitting in Washington D.C. can create an obligation on me uh, without my consent. So I mean, I kind of come at it from that perspective. But I think that any any one of these arguments that uh, these folks make is probably correct. It seems like you know Peter Hendrickson and Larkin Rose and uh, you know all these folks have done a lot of research. And they've really put a lot of time into trying to understand this Byzantine uh, system that, uh, that, that you know, the federal government has created. And I think they're heroic for going out there and putting their freedom where their mouths are. I mean, they really are putting it on the line. And for that, uh, they definitely deserve appreciation. And as you said, you know, some, uh, some support as well. John, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Again, I'm not going to say one of them is right versus another one. Uh, I mean, because... 
it, it, it seems like you you can't say anything in the courtroom and all of a sudden, as we discussed last night on the program when somebody called in with many of these legal theories, uh, that uh, it doesn't matter what you say or what your position is uh, or how well-researched your position is or how much evidence you can show the judge. Mm-hmm. If they decide that you need to be made an example of, you'll be made an example of. I mean, we just saw on Monday how Adamo Freeman, who's one of the hosts on this show, was sentenced to, uh, to jail time, found guilty of three felony wiretapping charges that should not have been felonies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's an example there of how the law doesn't even say that his situation could be a felony. The way the law is written is that a felony wiretapping charge is only if you're intercepting a conversation to which you are not a party. Otherwise, it has to be a misdemeanor charge. That didn't stop them from charging him and convicting him and sentencing him on felony charges. It's not even in the law. Yeah, they can. I think you're right. They just do what they want. It's clear that that's what they do. And, that you know, if anything's come out of the last six years that I've been here in New Hampshire doing activism, the so-called live free or die state, if anything has come out crystal clear, it's that these government guys do whatever they want to do and almost every time they get away with it. So con- considering that, do do you think there's something contradictory about opposing income tax and also paying income tax? You mean imposing it with your words, but paying it by In action? Practice? Yeah. Well, I think that's hypocrisy. So, really? Yeah. So if if I if I refuse to not pay income taxes, I'm like I just can't bear the risk of not paying income taxes. Then I should just support it. No, I don't think you should. No, I mean I think that <laughs> I think it's a better position than to support the income tax and to pay the income tax. Mm-hmm. But I think that it has to it has to be some sort of uh, disconnect inside. I mean, there has to be some kind of internal struggle that you're having with yourself, right? I mean, it's not like you're easily going about the process of paying income tax. You must feel like a hypocrite, right? Well, like when that- you're cutting a check to the federal government and or filling out their forms. I'm sure that there is an internal struggle with actually hurting people and. And it being, you know, that's how the law works. So I'm just, you know, doing what the law says. But if you're following the law because you're afraid, because of the coercion involved, Mm -hmm. then I think that, uh, I don't know that that's hypocritical because I don't think once free will is taken out of the situation that your actions, that you're really responsible for taxation. When was free will taken out? Whenever the government decided to impose income taxes by force. You still have the free will to refuse. Yeah, but I don't know if that really counts as free will. Well, yeah, of course it does. I mean, just because you're doing something, you know, doing something because you're afraid is a fine excuse. That's why people pay, a lot of them pay taxes, because they're afraid. I don't blame them for it. I wouldn't say that I'm better than them for not doing it. I would just Mm -hmm. say that I'm in a position where I've come to the point where, screw it. Well, you would say that they're hypocrites and you're not. I would say that when you say something, when you say something and do the opposite, that's hypocritical. It's not to say I haven't been a hypocrite, well, or maybe I'm not a hypocrite, or maybe I am a hypocrite in other ways. I mean, certainly, I think everybody probably has their own uh, level of being a hypocrite. I guess if you were to advocate that people stop paying income taxes and then you pay them yourselves, that's hypocritical. But if right. you're just, I think the income tax, I think it's wrong to tax people's incomes, then it's okay to still pay the income tax, right? Or is that hypocritical too? You know, it's never wrong to give the robber the wallet so you can right. avoid a beatdown. 
I mean, there's nothing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just feel like it's a little hypocritical. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Free Talk Live. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though, it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Live, and we are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want, and all you have to do is dial in toll free at 855 450 free. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You'll enjoy all the features on the site for free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you five, six, seven, eight bucks a month for their sites. I bet you'll find that we give away more on our site than they even charge you for. Go and see for yourself, though, at freetalklive.com. Once again, freetalklive.com. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. Uh, So a lot on the table. We've been discussing uh, some international news here this evening. And uh, one of the first stories we talked about was uh, the Pussy Riot trial. It has finished and the verdict has come down. It's a two-year prison sentence for the women that basically engaged in a 40-second protest at Russia's head Orthodox Church in Moscow. Pretty crazy uh, prison sentence, definitely designed to try to strike fear into the hearts of uh, would-be protesters and folks like that out there. But of course, as is typical when the people calling themselves the state crack down on uh, activists, it just strengthens their cause in the same way that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, was famous in you know Star Wars for saying, strike me down and I'll become ten times more powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. That's something that someone brought up at a Damos trial um, after the jury uh, you know, found him guilty. They said, well, there'll be a million more Damos after this. So. Well, I don't know if there's going to be a million of them. But, Maybe that's uh, an exaggeration. There will be some more, and it's important to point out that... Uh, that's, I think, valuable when one person's activism inspires others, when someone else's activism would never have existed had it not been for that first person and whatever horrible things the state has done to them. So when our friend Adamo was sentenced to uh, to 90 days in jail and then years of prison suspended over his head for a five-year period, when that happened— it was on that same day that William Kostrick, who is one of the activists from Manchester, uh, originally I think he's from Arizona, he spoke to the prosecutor at the very end of the trial. And it was after you know the prosecutor's kind of packing up his stuff, getting ready to go. He was in, being interviewed by the mainstream media, answering their questions about the sentencing and all that. And as uh, he finished up his conversation, William Kostrick spoke up and he said to uh, the prosecutor that he better uh, prepare himself 
because he was going to go to his house afterwards. As soon as he left the the courthouse, he's going to go home. He was going to uh, record a conversation as he calls the police department and uh, you know talks to them mm-hmm. without telling the police department that they were being recorded, without telling the officer that he was being recorded, and uh, that uh, the prosecutor is going to have a lot tougher time fighting him in court. He said, uh, "You know, see you in court." Right. And because William Kostrick is a little bit, uh, he seems more willing to use uh, the court against itself the laws and uh, actually apply legal arguments. Right. So he's going to take a different perspective Mm -hmm. and a different tactic than Adamo did if he gets charged with the crime of wiretapping. And that's what Adamo was uh, convicted of, three felony counts of wiretapping for doing the same thing, for calling government bureaucrats on the phone and recording those calls without telling them necessarily uh, that they were being recorded. So then uh, uh, William Kostrick puts up a video of him uh, allegedly calling these, uh, you know, calling the the police department and speaking with an officer there for a few minutes. And I took the two videos, the one of him telling the prosecutor he was going to do it, and then the one that he put out of him actually doing it, put them together into the same video so you can kind of see the progression. Mm-hmm. And that video is available now for you to see over at freekeen.com. Once again, freekeen.com, the uh, the video of William Kostrick basically wiretapping the police, doing yeah. the same thing Adamo did. And the question is, will the prosecutor charge him with this? Will he charge him? Because if he doesn't charge him, then it proves that they're just inconsistently enforcing their law mm-hmm. because he's being sent. The prosecutor is being sent a copy of this video. Right. It's not like he can pretend like he doesn't know it exists or like that he has no clue that this has happened. William Kostrick saying, come at me, bro. Yeah, exactly. So my question is, is say, uh, you know, the prosecutor does come at William Kostrick, then what what would happen if Will wins the trial? Then what will that mean for a demo? Nothing. 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 Because it's not precedent. It's just a you know a, a lower court decision. So, so the they're... court's allowed to be totally inconsistent. Oh yeah, yeah. Until uh, until a higher court makes a final ruling on a matter, then yeah, hmm. pretty much. So feel free go and check that out at freekeen.com. I think it's pretty exciting because Bill, William Kostrick was inspired to do this by the outrageousness of the state. Had uh you know Demo not been found not guilty, then William Kostrick probably never would have done uh this civil disobedience, which I consider to be a particularly heroic form of civil disobedience. It's basically the next person stepping up and saying, "All right, now you can like you said, come at me." Right. And then what happens if somebody else does it? And what happens if somebody else does it? What happens if in every town somebody does this? Then what? How much money, how much How much taxpayer money are the people that support this prosecution? Because they are out there. Like if you looked at the comments on the Huffington Post article about Ademo, uh, you know, the wiretapping charges, the majority of them are pro-Ademo. They're mm-hmm. pro-accountability of the government. But there are some people that just hate activists. They just want activists to be punished. Well, how much money are those people willing to spend? Because, you know, right now it's just William Kostrick that has stepped up. But what if another 20 people did it tomorrow? Right. How many trials, how many court trials, which you know means they have to pay the prosecutor and pay the uh, the jury, the jury has to get paid every day that they're in there, uh, how much time and money is the government people, are they willing to spend on this one particular issue? Right. And if you had those numbers, if you had those overwhelming numbers, then it would be over. Like, there would be no question, there would be no issue, because they wouldn't be able to handle all those cases. They wouldn't be able to do that. Right, and a lot of people, I think... At first, I just thought, you know, why couldn't uh, Damo just tell them, hey, look, I'm recording. But this is really about 
also investigative journalism Mm -hmm. uh, where you could be undercover. And I just... It it astounds me when I see videos in other states, because in other states you're allowed to go undercover and accord public officials. Right. So uh, I didn't realize that that was legal in so many places, but it's important for that to be legal because because they're going to put on, they're going to be two-faced about it. They're going to put on one face if they think you're a reporter, and they're going to put on another face if they think you're like a client or something like that. Exactly. So it's very important that people, that journalists be able to go undercover and pretend to be something, uh, you know, just for the sake of seeing how this, how, how it normally goes. How, yeah. How do these bureaucrats or business owners, mm-hmm. how do these people actually interact with, with folks when they don't think there's a camera around, when they have no idea that they're being recorded? Because so do you think it should be legal to like go into a business and record people undercover? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those, that's great activism. It's great journalism. Because I can see the argument for, okay, well, you're a public official, so no right to privacy. But if you're a private person running a private business, do you have a certain right to privacy? No way. No? I mean, it, it, you, don't, you can't control what your customer is bringing in there unless you have a right. doorman searching people. I mean, you can have... A rule, you can have a set of rules, right? Like you can say, like I was at a movie theater recently when I was down in Florida that actually had a sign on the door saying that they uh, reserve the right to search people's bags mm-hmm. for things like candy, mm-hmm. which seemed really kind of like fascist and scary, like for a movie theater to do that. Like, really, I've got to, I've got to subject myself to a search just to go and watch a movie in your theater? It's ridiculous. I mean, I well, can that's go to the thing is theater. that exactly you can go to another theater, and also you know if a business say. Like it's within a business's right to be like, no recording devices allowed in this place. But that's going to make people skeptical. Like absolutely. So it's sort of they're shooting themselves in the foot. They might protect themselves from being, you know, having undercover reporters coming in. But it's not going to look it's very good. It's almost like they're asking for it, though. In that case, I mean, right. if you're telling me I can't have a video device in your uh, establishment, then I'm more likely to bring one in there because I'm going to want to know, like you said, what's really going on in there? What are they hiding? What do they want to protect? And ultimately, while when you enter into a business, you should respect their rules, Mm -hmm. I think that there's a certain level of uh, public, let's see, what's the word? Accountability that I think is, is necessary to be running a business. Like if your business is open to the public and you're claiming certain things, then you should be able to be held accountable for that. And I wouldn't mind risking taking an undercover camera into a business that said no undercover cameras allowed or no cameras allowed or whatever, I wouldn't mind risking being banned from that business because ultimately that's the worst case scenario. I haven't damaged the business by bringing an undercover camera in there. There's no actual damages, right? So... I don't know if I like this no damages argument because... Well, let's come back and talk about it here in a moment. It's 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 
855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features on the site completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. Those site features, by the way, include archives. If you've missed a moment of Free Talk Live, we've got a whole lot of moments for you. They're all free, and they go back for years, six years worth, almost six years. They go all the way back to late 2006. Over at freetalklive.com, you can download the last seven days right from the top of the page. And then if you click into the archive section, that takes you all the way back. And uh, then you can also go to the SoundCloud page. It's an alternative way to download the show and interact. with. You can actually comment in the shows. You can comment at certain specific points of a show with SoundCloud. It's pretty cool. We're working on building SoundCloud into uh, the website, so be patient. We will get that done at some point. Uh, But uh, the SoundCloud page, you can link to it by going to freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side under Listen and Share. You'll find the SoundCloud link there. Just click that, and then anything you see on SoundCloud, on Free Talk Live SoundCloud, you can share easily on Facebook or Twitter or whatever other social uh, bookmarking site you prefer. And that way your friends can see what you've enjoyed listening to. So go to freetalklive.com, grab some archives. They're all completely free. Now, just before we went away to the uh, the break there, Allie, you had said you're not so sure about this no damages argument. And what we were talking about, what brought this, this you know that point up, mm-hmm. was the idea of, well, what if a business wanted to prohibit cameras uh, in there? And there are certain things like, you know, like a concert, no flash photography is frequently yeah. uh, a rule at a concert. And the idea is the flash photography can distract the performers on stage, perhaps creating a, a dangerous uh, sort of an environment, or that they just want to prevent uh, bootleg copies from coming out of the of the show, like a bootleg being some surreptitious recording that is then distributed online. Uh, like the Grateful Dead were known for allowing, specifically encouraging bootlegging of their uh, their live shows, and kind of bootlegging was you know pre-file sharing, it's mm-hmm. a way of sharing concerts uh, with other people. So yeah, there are certainly restrictions like that in businesses, and I had made the statement that if some business had a prohibition on secret recording in their business, I'd be wondering what's going on in there and why they're they're doing that, as you had suggested previously. Right, and there's no incentive to, to do that. that. I'd be willing to violate uh, that rule just to investigate, do in- investigative journalism. Would on that go them. against your principles? And, well, you know, that's a good question, right? So the, the, the question of privacy, excuse me, of uh, property rights is that is that issue here, right? That the mm-hmm. idea that the property owner gets to decide how people behave and what they can do on their property. And I think that's a principle that liberty-minded people generally accept. And I think it's a good principle. But on the other hand, I think that there are limitations to it, right? Like, uh, I don't want to go on a piece of property where I'm going to get a cavity search before I uh, before I go on that property. Right. Uh, and, of course, I can choose to not go on that property as a result of that. But I think that uh, if there's a business that's operating in a scumbag sort of a manner, in a, uh, you know, an un- let's see, a dishonest, unethical manner, then I think that, uh, you know, the rules are out the window at that point. And uh, and let's play hardball and see, you know, well, what's we unethical, them. because that's sort of for the consumer base to decide, right? Right. And how are they going to decide it if there's no evidence of it? Right. And so if the rules of the business are to basically prevent any method of evidence gathering on their business practices within their business, then that's problematic. Is there so, a buyer beware thing with that? I mean, okay, so uh, assuming it's a situation where people have options, like a free market situation mm-hmm. where, you know, it's not like a court where this is the only place I can possibly go to see the trial or whatever. This is the only option I have. You've got plenty of options for food. 
right. then there might be like a scumbag business that you could go to, then, you know, unless you just like their food and you really don't care about their ethics, uh, you know, you go there. But it's not it's not um, it's within their rights to be scummy if they want. It is. And it's it's in their rights to anal cavity search every customer that comes true. in there. And if they're doing an anal cavity search, they're probably not going to catch any cameras coming in. But that's probably a prohibitively expensive thing to do, right? To have door security and to go through that sort of level of uh, security check with every Plus, single customer who wants that, to go through that? that comes in there. Right. So who wants to go to it? So it may just be, you know, a sign on the door, like no recording allowed on premises. And if you violate that rule... Yeah, technically you're violating their their private property rights. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, some rules, there are ex- certain extenuating circumstances wherein they can be broken. So and what if broken I... Broken for a good reason. What if I had a business and I said, $3,000 fine for anyone caught with a camera in here. <laughs> I'm within my rights to make that rule, right? Uh, and if you violate it, then you technically knew better. That's an interesting question, right? So, like, just by walking through uh, the doors of a premises, does that mean that you become liable for breaking those rules? I don't think so. I mean, unless you've actually consented with, like, a signature on a contract, Mm -hmm. then it can't be said that you could understand those rules, right? Because what if you're blind? What if you didn't read the rules? Uh, You know, you didn't feel the braille version of it well before huh. you walked in yeah i guess uh, that's i guess there's like no blind people allowed <laughs> i mean i guess there's just like little okay i should also mention that there's no incentive really whatsoever for a business that has competitors to do this to their customers there's really no one i've never been in a business well no i mean we're talking about ridiculous scenarios right here, right but and, who's within their rights in these situations and i don't think that you can just say well, let's figure out what the damages are and then we'll figure out uh, what retribution should be. Because I think that, you know, you can set up whatever crazy rules you want to. You can mm-hmm. fine people for breaking the rules on your own property if you want. I don't think it makes sense to do a that fine, as a business plan. You but. can claim that they owe you money, but just like with the TSA sending you a fine, what happens if you don't pay it? I mean, if there's no. If get a no small contract, claims court or whatever. Yeah, but if there's no contract, then how is your, small, how is your claim going to work out in small claims court? I think that there's a contract it. when you and walk onto someone else's property. There's a cert, there's a contract there's a, there. I think there's an understanding, but I don't think it's a contract. Hmm. Like there's there's common rules, there's common uh, occurrences, common understandings, mutual understandings. Like you know, if you walk into the grocery store, it's expected that you're going to stop at the cash register and pay for a product before you walk out of the grocery store. But there's no rule on the door that says you have to do that. Right. So it's just a common understanding that that's how business works. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody in there that is like a complete disconnect from society or maybe they've just, you know, maybe it's Encino Man. Somebody's just woken up from, uh, you know, a, a thousand years of slumber and they have never seen a cash register before and they don't know what the hell is going on. How can they possibly be held liable for not understanding what those rules were? Or what if they do something differently? What if they just decide they don't want to stop at the uh, the cash register, throw a hundred dollar bill on the counter, more than, more than let's say it more than covers the cost of the items in their cart, they just throw a hundred dollar bill on the counter and walk out of the door. They've paid for all the items in their cart, but they didn't do it in the way they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. The way you're supposed to is by taking it through the register, scanning each uh, product code so they know their inventory numbers are, are right and they know which products have sold and you know how much they need to restock. These are the reasons why people go through these uh, these processes. Right. But ultimately, they haven't uh, engaged. They haven't defrauded anyone. 
right? They've paid for their products, but they didn't pay for it in the way that is expected, uh, by the way that is common. But again, all those rules aren't spelled out. There's not a huge list of rules on the front door to which one is agreeing well, that's before part walking of, in. I think that's also another thing to look at and contrast the court system and the private system because the, the private system doesn't have to spell out the rules. They make it obvious. They try to make it obvious for the consumer what they're supposed to do or what they're expected to do. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe so, but if I walk in without shoes on, have I actually caused any damages? More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends, you like Free Talk Live, like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website and head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features uh, that we give to you there. Uh, They're all completely free. We've got the bulletin board system, wherein you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. It's all free bbs.freetalklive.com will take you there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Adamo Freeman, a co-host of this radio program, founder of copblock.org, is still in jail. He's going to be in jail probably for at least the next month, maybe another month beyond that. There's still some question. Last night we thought we'd had it resolved because uh, Pete was told, uh, Pete Air from copblock.org was told that he was going to be in jail for like 60 days at least by the court. But Kate, who is Adamo's girlfriend, says that she believes the judge only intended for him to be jailed for the next uh, month or so. So there's still some question as to exactly when he's going to be released. But either way, he's in for several more weeks, and that means that you can write him while he's in jail through MailToJail.com. Go to MailToJail.com, and it's uh, also possible not just for you to send mail to him through that website, but also for you to donate directly to his commissary account and any other activist uh, that happens to be jailed from uh, the New Hampshire area, of course, uh, because MailToJail.com just, you know, we want to focus on New Hampshire, and they want to focus on New Hampshire because that's where activists who love liberty should be moving. Uh, so you can, again, support MailToJail.com and their great work. And if you need optical transceivers for your network uh, networking equipment and you want to support liberty at the same time, you can buy them from MemoryDealers.com because it's MemoryDealers.com that sponsored that message for MailToJail.com. So let's continue here. Uh, we'll get right into your phone calls, but I want to make sure that, Allie, we've kind of uh, fleshed out this discussion about rules and private property. And as somebody who respects private property, I generally am somebody that respects the rules until the point where I think that they become ridiculous and uh, and there, there could be some way to still violate those rules while still appearing to not. Right. So like with a hidden camera, with the, with the scenario we were talking about was mm-hmm. that uh, there would be a business that says no cameras allowed. And then the question would be, well, why? Why are they banning cameras? Is it because they're treating customers poorly? What would happen you know, if you went ahead and brought a camera in there anyway and surreptitiously recorded? Yes, it would be a violation of that uh, person's private property 
rules. And I think worst case, if they discovered you violating their rules, they would be able to tell you, hey, look, buddy, you can't come back in here ever because you violated our rules. And Do that you think be- they could claim uh, uh, ownership over the video footage? I don't think – I mean, it would be it would make an interesting case, right? Um, I don't think so, not legitimately, hmm. because I don't think that it's a legitimate contract. I think it's just an, an agreement. Uh, I think that when you go into a business, there are certain behaviors that are acceptable within society, and that's you know that's why people pay at cash registers rather than just throwing money on a counter and walking out the door. Right. There's no rule that says you can't do that, but it's just accepted. You know, when you're growing up with your parents, they teach you how to go to a grocery store. If you hadn't been taught those things, you would have no clue. I mean, can you imagine walking into I don't a know grocery about store that. and having no idea what the hell is going on? I don't know. I think that they try to. I think they make it obvious enough that even if you are uh, Encino man, you would get it. How is that obvious? It is obvious because one, you see other people doing it. That doesn't mean anything. Two, there's like a line. It's designed. It's like pathfinding or whatever they call it in interior design, where they design it so that it's it's supposed to be intuitive what you're supposed to do. I don't I don't agree with you at all. It's the only reason why you think it's intuitive is because you were raised to understand. No, yeah, it. I, I get that it would it w- I would be biased and not really know what it's like to not know. You might just walk in there and wonder why are all those people waiting in that line? What's all that about? Oh, there's all that food over there. I'm gonna go take some of it and walk out. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just talking about somebody right. who's not acclimated to a typical social environment. They're not under an obligation. But, you know, if that person was to walk out with the food, they would be stealing and they should be stopped and right. that food should be re- reclaimed. And if they've already eaten it, then they should be, you know, making that person whole from the food they stole. And that would be the time to explain to them, hey, look, you just can't do that. Right. Not in this society. It doesn't work that way. And the same thing with throwing money on a counter and just walking out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You stop them at the door and say, look, we're glad you paid. Uh, that's cool. But, you know, you still violated the rules of the establishment. Next mm-hmm. time you're here, you need to go ahead and stop at the cash register and, you know, explain to them why. And then maybe the next time they'll do that. And if they don't do it right the next time, at some point, you know, a bad customer needs to be stopped from coming back. And, uh, you know, you need to stop them. So here's one more example. There are some bars that uh, prohibit weapons from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are people that are going into those bars from possessing weapons. And there's a good reason for that, right? Like nobody wants a drunk fool uh, playing with a firearm or a knife or something like that in their bar. Makes sense. But. What if somebody really feels like they need to protect themselves? Is it wrong for them to concealed carry a weapon in a way that uh, no one in the bar will ever know is there? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that there's like a, I don't think that all sins are created equal. I think that it is wrong, kind of, like it's wrong. Yeah, but would you it, give technically them a pass it is it? wrong. I, I wouldn't like... I wouldn't be like, I'm going to not be friends with you anymore would because you, snitch, you did that. You wouldn't snitch on them or anything like no, that? No, I wouldn't snitch. And But what I would say is that would this you, whole would idea... Would you exhort them to, uh, to go outside with the weapon and put it in their car if you found out? I would okay? be like, hey, do you know that they're not? you're not supposed to have guns in here? And yeah. if they said, yeah, but I don't care, I'm going to carry it anyway, I'd just be like, okay. You know, it's not my responsibility. But what the idea behind what you're saying is, is that... Your will to be on this person's private property and do what you want to do despite their rules is more important than their rules. You wanting to be there is more important than them uh, enforcing their rules. I think you're right, uh, Allie, that ultimately if you don't want to have you know, those rules enforced on you, you shouldn't go there. I think that that's you know, the, the ultimate uh, position. But I don't blame somebody who feels like, 
well, I mean, I appreciate their rules, but I'm not going to go out of control with my drinking. And, you know, I'm just going to have a drink or two. And I am, you know, afraid of for my life because there's some crazy madman that's after me or whatever. I mean, they're just we're totally speculating here. Right. But I could uh, easily so, say, well, then what are you doing in the bar that doesn't allow guns? Right. Because that's where he's going to look for you, man. If he sees you in there, he's going to come for yeah. you because yeah, they exactly. know he knows the rules of that bar. It's another thing is that. But, you know, it's a risk versus reward thing, right? Because right. ultimately you are violating their rules. But what if some crazy guy comes in with a gun and robs the bar while you're in there? You're the one person with a with a gun. You violated, you, the bar's, the you violated the bar's rules. Ultimately, the bar owner can tell you later, hey, man, you, you violated my rules. You're not allowed to come back here. But right. maybe you helped somebody stay alive uh, in that particular case. So you're right. From a principled perspective, you are absolutely right. Look, and Ian, I you have a sign that says no shoes in the house, and yeah. I violate that all the time. So obviously I'm go. not principled either. <laughs> That's not even my <laughs> sign. See, I didn't even put that sign there. My old roommate put that sign there. I well, didn't even know it was there. No, I, di- I did know it was there, but I'd, I'd actually totally spaced on it. I didn't realize it was even still there. Yep, it's still there. So I mean, I is think, that a rule? Right? I don't like, know. Like if I, as the property owner, didn't know the sign was there, is it a rule? Uh, I would assume that the first time I saw it, I followed it because I didn't want, I didn't want to get called out for it. But then I saw other people. It's one of the things too, is if you see other people violating a rule, it's kind of like, well, no one else is following it anyway. Mm. So I think that there is a certain, I don't want to get on a slippery slope though. Right? Like that's, you know, maybe the position I'm taking here is putting me on a very slippery slope. No one reads the terms and conditions on those stupid software programs. Those aren't real contracts. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They're one-sided. There, there's no place for anyone else to sign on it. It's not a real contract. You're not contracting with another individual. It's, uh, it's a corporate agreement that uh, is essentially written by lawyers and has all kind of language that's ridiculous. Like, you know, a lot of those term, terms of uh, service frequently have language that say we reserve the right to modify these terms of service at any time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the language says. And sometimes they'll say they'll notice you, and sometimes they won't. Sometimes it's your responsibility to check on our terms of service every now and then to make sure we haven't changed them. To say we own you, Allie. I mean, if you know, if you click, you know, if if Microsoft's terms of service say we own you, you know, when you open up Windows, does that mean they really own you? No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and nobody reads those terms of services anyway. Do you? No. South Park did do a funny episode yeah. about it, though. All right, so more coming up here, 855-450-FREE. Uh, you're certainly welcome to comment on rules. Is there a point at which, as a principled-minded person who s- supposedly respects other people's rules, is it all right at a certain point to break them? 855-450-FREE. Are there extenuated circumstances that can make breaking private property rules acceptable? 855-450-3733. You take control. You're in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are imminent. Online Bitcoin poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin, the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts, optional email, and no banking. Only Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great player rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals were harmed in the making of this advertisement. Talk live, and you can 
take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Now, look, if you don't get in tonight, because all of a sudden the phone's blown up here in the uh, remaining segment of the program, uh, if you don't get in tonight, we do this thing seven nights per week. So you can always call right at the top of the show tomorrow night, and we'll get you in, of course, uh, anytime you want. Whatever's convenient for you, we're on seven nights a week from 7 to 10 Eastern at night. And you can, of course, join us online as well at freetalklive.com. And you can join us in the real world in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Allie, that's the reason you or I, you and I are here uh, together is because of the Free State Project. You have right. moved from Alabama. I moved from Florida. And... We are both activist types, and we are getting active for freedom, hopefully to achieve it in our lifetime with thousands of other people. Over a 1,000 people are here now as part of the Free State Project. Over 12,000 people have already pledged to move to New Hampshire. So we've got to get to 20,000. So we're at 12, uh, like 12,500 right now. We've got to get to 20,000. So you could be of assistance if you love the ideas of liberty and you're willing to actually do something to achieve them in your lifetime. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. Get signed up. That's freestateproject.org. It's better than college. Well, you know, college is probably right for some people, but for me, it was a waste of time and money. Yeah, I just avoided it altogether. Let's go to the phones. Uh, let's take Benjamin's call here in uh, Northern California. You're on Free Talk Live. Benjamin. Hey, guys. I don't know if you've uh, discussed it already, but tomorrow is Lemonade Freedom Day. Yeah, we actually had uh, Derek J. and Eddie Free call last night from uh, Washington, D.C., which is kind of the hub for Lemonade Freedom Day, which will also be Lemonade and Raw Milk uh, Freedom Day. And the festivities have already started there. I know that up here in Keene, uh, there was going to be a lemonade stand on Main Street being operated by a very young lady. And uh, so, yeah, they're happening all over the country. I think Philly's got some going on. And Lemonade Freedom, is it .com is the website? Yeah, I believe that's the main website. And Yeah, the main uh, activism, I guess, taking place in D.C. But I just want to encourage people, you know, setting up a lemonade stand, incredibly easy. And even if you don't want to start a lemonade stand, support one. You know, yeah, go and, uh, uh, and buy some lemonade. That's that's what I intend yeah. to do tomorrow. I, I intend to buy some lemonade and kind of hang out, at least for the beginning of the stand, just to make sure it's not aggressed against by the police at, uh, at that time. Because we just had a guy call tonight saying that during last year's Lemonade Freedom Day, he was arrested for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest uh, just because his son was doing a lemonade stand. And he ended up getting five years probation. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard about any arrests except for um, Meg and a couple other activists there in D.C. Yeah, me neither. It was the first uh, that I'd heard of, uh, of it as well, but uh, it's pretty outrageous, and it just goes to show that even in something as innocent-seeming as a lemonade stand, if the state agents want to aggress against you, they will. So, Well, I know uh, I'll, be at a, I'll be at a lemonade stand that's being operated by adults. Uh, oh, so that's, then it's even more likely that it will be aggressed against at that point. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting to me because uh, where the people were talking about the girls who are doing it tomorrow in Keene, uh, they happen to be doing it uh, on my work's property. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to my boss about it and she, I was like, oh, Lemonade Freedom. Yeah, it's really important because a lot of people's uh, lemonade stands have gotten shut down and there's also like raw milk involved. And you could tell that she started to get a little bit confused or she she was like, wait, what is this really about? Because I thought it was about kids selling lemonade. And I was like, well, you know, kids are adults, you know, the principle's the same either way. And she was like, well, if a little kid is selling lemonade, then of course you should let them go. But if an adult's trying to compete with my business, then she acted like all of a sudden now call the cops. 
And, uh, and this was whether or not it was on her property. Oh, okay. So, of course, if it was on her property, she's not going to have someone competing you know right. what she with what she considers her customer base, but yeah, like uh, she made it sound like uh, you know if you are an adult, then you have to follow all the same rules as I do, and you know that's just the typical attitude. There's, she's not an evil person yeah. or by any means, but, but it's slave on slave violence. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a cycle of abuse since uh, since the business owner that is licensed and all that has been abused by the state. They want everybody else to jump through the same hoops and uh, suffer the same abuse as well. And it's a sickness. It really is. Benjamin, let us know how it goes. Uh, hopefully you won't end up behind bars uh, tomorrow. And I thank you for the call tonight. Let's talk to Matthew listening in Connecticut. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Allie. Uh, hey, uh, I just wanted to uh, weigh in on the questions that you had posed. Yes, sir. Um, first one um, about the, uh, as far as bringing weapons into a place that has, like, say, an anti-weapon policy. Mm-hmm. Um, my my opinion on that one is that you are liable once it's detected that you have a weapon, basically, um, that, that you should suffer the consequences um, well, I guess I'm saying, like, once you're found out, you're you're you are guilty. If you if you manage to conceal it, conceal it, conceal it effectively, then I don't see how uh, how there's any problem there. But um, you know, say say you're is not it, very is good it at wrong. It. Is it wrong to do that? Like, I get what you're saying that once you're detected, then you're in violation and all that. Uh, and I think at that point, the best that the business can do is just remove you from um, the premises because you don't owe them any money for violating their rule. <laughs> I think that it is wrong because you. I think what you're consenting to is create uh, is preserving the the illusion that you you don't have a weapon. I think you should have to commit to, uh, you know, if that's their stated policy, you should have to uh, make the, si- the situation should seem like you are because uh, the people, the other people in there with you, uh, they're the, they're under the understanding that. You're not going to have a weapon. So if you sort of violate um, their sort of sense of no one has a weapon in here, I think that's when you're infringing on their their rights. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess, right, it, on, I guess it really also depends on, you know, whether or not uh, – whether it's wrong or not also would depend on the uh, your mindset at the time, right? So, like, what if you're just so acclimated to carrying a weapon that you, you forget you even have your weapon on you and so therefore you didn't – carry a weapon in there on purpose does intent matter when it comes to private property rights and rules i think probably intent does matter right because is it it because the question was is it wrong to violate the rule and technically it is wrong uh but if what if you don't know you're violating the rule what if you have forgotten that you even are carrying the weapon on you it's just so well concealed you spaced out or you've you know you've got something in your pocket that you didn't remember putting there earlier in the day or maybe it was there from a previous day you didn't even know it was there when you put your clothes on uh, in the morning is that then wrong at that point i would say yeah that that I, would, changes I would be it. more i would be more with ali like um uh, in this case, uh, uh, just being oblivious of the policy would really be be no excuse. I think you have to uh, seem when you're in there like you're not armed. If that makes sense. Uh, the other question you had asked was about the income tax, and is it is it hypocritical to you know say oh this is wrong and then pay it? Um, I think that that that's not not wrong. But I did have like a psychological. Well, wait, just because question. it's hypocritical doesn't mean it's wrong. So if it's if it, it okay, if you are saying income taxes are bad and you're paying them, you're not wrong for doing that. That's just no, no. your self-preservation. You're just trying to protect yourself from going to a prison cell. There's nothing wrong with that. Thing. You're not putting anyone else in danger no, by not paying it. Wrong. 
There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Um, but, but is it hypocritical? Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it hypocritical was his question. And I would say on, um, the sort of psychological answer, I think, is like, if that individual who's violating it, right, could handle, uh, is comfortable with handling the consequences of taking that stance, then I think there is a little hypocrisy. If for some reason, you know, they're saying, oh, this is all bad, and, and they're so not So their comfort to... level is a, is a factor as to yeah, whether or not well, it's hypocritical? Well, 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 I think so because hmm. it's it, it's almost like if they if they have say say like say like the means to um, go about you know violating this and and then for whatever reason don't uh, yeah I do think that's hypocritical but but I think then then if they're a coward they could claim that it's not because they could just say look guys I'm 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 too scared but if you're not scared um, and you won't do it I think. Maybe hypocrisy wouldn't be the right word, but there is something there. It's like it doesn't add up. It's like, okay, you're, you're, inconsistency you're, you're, would inconsistency yeah, yeah. be better? Because I think you're probably that's, right. That's and, a better word. And that's Matthew, word. thank you for the call and the thoughts. I appreciate hearing from you. And I think you know, Ali, you probably are right about this. I'm looking at the definition of inconsist, or excuse me, of uh, hip- hypocrisy. And uh, let's see, from Collins English Dictionary at dictionary.com, the practice of professing standards, beliefs, etc. Contrary to one's real character or actual behavior, especially the pretense of virtue and piety. So I think you can make the argument that by saying you're against taxes while still paying them could be seen as inconsistent, but not necessarily hypocritical. It's I like think saying, you can make that argument. It's like saying, I want to stop robbery, but then if you get mugged... What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't turn out. If you turn over your wallet, then you're obviously not against robbery. So we are out of time for tonight. And of course, the conversation continues online at freetalklive.com. You can join us there and join Allie on her radio program, ladiesinkeen.com. That's ladies in K-E-E-N-E. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by Friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent.